Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Coming at you with another video, another podcast today. We are talking punting. We're talking how to punt, how to punt successfully to win your fantasy leagues. Let's get to it. Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Not a game, we talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. And he's going to die. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Curry for three. Wow! Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination. Hello and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Here today, as always, I'm joined with Callum McMullen. How are you doing, man? I'm pretty good. Um, they actually call me the punt expert. So I'm here to uh, really just give Ooh. you guys my expertise today. <laughs> oh, we've got an expert in the house. Look out. Here, here we go. Uh, the uh, the reigning uh, minor premier of the, the Ball Boys uh, League last year. Um, and Rob. He, and he got, there, he got there by punting. So injuries <laughs> might have let you down in the playoffs, but... Um, you know, still tip my hat to you. Uh, my name is Mitchell Casey, and you can find me on uh, Twitter at BallBoysNBA. Um, and before we get into the show, just before you even get into it, if you love punting, if you love fantasy basketball, go ahead and like the video um, if you're watching along YouTube, and give us a five-star rating if you're listening along on Apple Podcasts. But like we said, talking punting today, we're talking um, maybe just a bit of a short one today, going through um, how to punt effectively in fantasy basketball. Um, before we get stuck into how to punt, um, firstly, what is punting, Cal? And do you believe that is something that is necessary to win uh, fantasy basketball? So first and foremost, punting is when you essentially sacrifice a category. So you, usually you have your nine categories in, in most leagues. You essentially sacrifice one category to then boost up the other eight um, or look, you can do multiple punts if you want to punt, say, two or three categories. Um, but the the point of it is all your other categories, you can stack and stack to a point where you have an advantage in those categories and you should be able to win. 
specifically in a head-to-head um, kind of league f- format. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is something that doesn't apply to points leagues. It it can apply to rotisserie leagues or roto leagues. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend it, especially for your standard leagues. If you've got a very deep league, like a 30-team roto league, then yes, you, you almost have to punt because you can't be sort of good in all categories across 30 teams. So it's more viable with, with a deeper league. But mostly we see this in head-to-head leagues. And... Um, you and I, we're both pretty heavy punters. We love to punt categories. We're not into sort of looking after all our different percentages and turnovers and things like that. So um, personally, I think that if you're in a competitive league, especially, you have to punt. And I know in our league, every single person punts one or more categories. Sometimes we've even had people punt as many as four categories in our leagues. Uh, so it can get pretty hectic. Uh, are you in the same mindset? I know you punt a lot, but do you think that you, you have to do that to win in a competitive league? I think it does give you an advantage. I've been doing it for, I think, about maybe eight, um, past eight fantasy seasons. Um, well, maybe a bit less. Maybe let's say six. But I, I look, I like it. I like how you can lock in. I like how you can build a team like that. I think it's more fun on draft day as well. Um, but I also think it is an advantage. It definitely is an advantage when teams, if you have a deep league, um, if you can booster your roster in eight categories or or seven categories and just get rid of two, um, you can really home in on some some specific players and make sure your your team really does fit your build. Yeah, it's 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 team building. Like it's making sure that your team complements each other. Players work together with other different players, and and it's part of the fun. So um, I, I definitely think it is very important um, when you're doing like a redraft league versus a dynasty league. I tend to go a bit heavier in my redraft league punting. If I'm punting in like a dynasty format, I still will, and I and I have a dynasty team uh, team at the moment where I am punting as many as three categories. But when I drafted, I didn't set out to do that. I just went, okay, I'm going to punt one or two categories and that's it. So it's a little bit softer in that format to give me flexibility. But in the redraft leagues, yeah, I've seen a lot of teams have a lot of success punting three, even four categories where you've concentrated all your stats just in accumulating five stats instead of nine. So you're super strong in those categories. So let's let's go on to um, a few different punt builds. Now, obviously... Your typical nine category head-to-head league, you've got nine cats, obviously. You've got turnovers, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, blocks, assists, threes, steals, points, and rebounds. So for me, um, these ones that I've gotten written on the screen here are probably in order of difficulty from easiest at the top to hardest to punt down the bottom. Um, Turnovers for me, automatic punt. I think most builds, unless I'm doing an assist punt, which kind of naturally boosts my turnovers and makes them better, um, turnovers is an automatic punt for me. And that's just because, you know, the best players have the most turnovers. Your players like James Harden, your players like LeBron James, etc. All those really good players are going to have high turnovers. Is there a, is there a specific um, category that you love to punt more than others, Cal? Cal? Um, over the years, I've, I have done the blocks a couple of times. Because um, I think that's an easy punt. Just don't worry about it. Wash yep. it. Um, there's still heaps of bigs out there that can give you your rebounding, give you your other stats. Um, I've also punted field goal, um, and I've also punted three throw um, in, in my days. I haven't really done. I've done an assist punt as well. That didn't work out too well for me. But there's <laughs> different ways to do it. In, in terms of my favorite, like I like punting. Um, I, I don't look. I don't mind all of them. I like. I like mixing it up each year because once again, it's fun building a team that's a bit different every single year. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's good to have a bit of variety. Like if you had a punt field goal percentage last year, maybe you want to throw in a, a free throw percentage and a threes this year and, and mix it up. Get different players. Um, 
I think I think there are a couple that I think that are really difficult to punt. I think it's it's hard. I mean, rebounds is a, is a weird one if you're just going to do that on its own. I, I would lump it in there with a few other ones, but if you're just going to punt rebounds on its own, it's a bit difficult because then you, you're still trying to look for your blocks. And like it can be done. You can look for your Jaron Jackson Juniors or your Brooke Lopez's and things like that. But you know, it's it is hard because then you've also still got to look after your field goal percentage and. So that one's a tough one. I also think steals and points are pretty hard as well because, you know, all the best players score a lot of points. So, you you know, last year I think we were saying that Nikola Jokic, if you get here, maybe you, you punt points because at the time he was scoring just around 20 points per game. And compared to all those other guys, he was really low. But then he busts out and scores like 27 points a night and is one of the best players or is the best player in fantasy basketball. So... It's it's a little bit of a weird one, and everyone's always drawn to like those big scoring players as well. Um, but if you do it correctly, you can get a lot of value where people overlook players like your Draymond Green, um, who springs to the top of my head, um, a few other guys in there that are overlooked because they don't score twenty points a night. So, um, what what are your thoughts on those rebounds, steals, points, punts as like those harder ones to get away with? Yeah, the, I think I think one thing to point out is is when you do punt one category, you kind of have to realize. Generally, whatever you punt, there's there's one specific category that always gets fairly boosted. Yeah. So, and then there's always one that gets um you know pretty negatively affected as well. So, when you're looking at rebounds, for example, you know for a fact if you're going to punt rebounds, you know that your field goal is probably going to take a hit as well because you're going to be more a guard heavy team probably. Yeah. Like let's face it, if you're punting rebounds, you have got more guards, you got more guys probably hitting threes. Um, so it's it's really important to consider um when you punt something, what's the you know, adverse effects that's going to happen on your team. So that's definitely something you should be taking into consideration. What did you punt last year in, in your um, your team in our league? Do you remember? So I went in and I punted blocks um, yeah. because I, I got like got Jokic in the role. Yeah. Um, and I knew I was locking in on my third pick when Sabonis kind of fell to me. Yeah. I thought, okay, cool. I've already got Jokic. Um, if I get Sabonis, my, I think it was my fourth pick actually. Yeah. Um, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to cement this punt blocks. So I'm not even going to worry about it anymore. Um, and it worked out pretty well for me. I remember it ended up being like a just a, a white big guys team, which which was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that all your centers happened to be these white guys that didn't block shots, and it ended up being a successful uh, punting team strategy. So, um, you know, the the white guy build you could, you could throw down as the the Callum McMullen punt strategy. That's it. Who else? Did I? I had Vucevic. Vucevic. I had yeah. I had um, Mason Plumley as well. He put up some good stats for me. So yeah, yeah look, these guys they don't really get blocks, but they look they could pass the ball. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I guess that's what it comes with. You pump blocks as a big man. For some reason, I ended up with these great passing bigs. That's, yeah, that was the adverse effect. Not a white guy, but Julius Randle comes to mind as well. Um, there, so one of the one of the guys that um, also fit that build. Let's let's talk about multi category punts. You kind of touched on it before. Um, there's a few ones that are, that come to mind that are, that are fairly obvious and fairly common. So a classic one would be like your field goal percentage and blocks punt. Um, you might be punting um, free throw percentage and three pointers. You might be. Uh, I've seen a couple of teams punting both percentages, um, just eliminating that entirely because it's a bit of an up and down, a high variance one. Um, points and threes is another one that's that's a common punt. Um, are there any other ones that you can think of that are that are apart from the ones I've listed there, Cal? Um, I'd probably say another classic one would also be uh, field goal and. Um, I was going to say assists, but that doesn't make sense. As a field goal and rebounds um, yeah. is something you could punt. 
Yeah, field goal rebounds. So, uh, and then probably throw in blocks in there as well if you want to go three three category yeah. punts. How many how many categories do you like to punt? Do you have a rule where you pick two or three? Have you ever tried a four category punt? Uh, I've only ever done a two. When I go into the draft, I've only ever done a two category punt. Yeah. Um, but there was one year specifically where I went in and I punted um, field goal and steals, and and my team ended up being. Um, kind of okay at steals and and pretty bad in in blocks. Yeah. So shortly after the first few weeks, I made a few trades and my team ended up changing to a field goal blocks um, just like that. So well, yeah, and that's that's interesting you mentioned that because you know you might you might go into the, the draft thinking okay I'm going to punt this this and this which again it's probably not the best way to do it. We'll talk a bit bit more about that later. But um, you know you don't want to be as bad as you possibly can in these categories. You just want to sort of like maximize the value in the other categories. You're not even worrying about it. If, for example, you are punting blocks and, you know, uh, someone like, let's say, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is falling and he is, you know, ranked at 90th and, and you're on the 90th pick and you've got Jaron Jackson Jr. there and you think that he's a much better player than that because he gives you good points. He gives you good threes. He's a good free throw percentage shooter for a big man. Um just take down Jaron Jackson Jr. Just because he blocks a lot of shots doesn't mean he doesn't go onto your team. He's going to give you other other categories there. So don't be afraid to take players that are good in the category that you are punting because you know they have got other contributions. If it's someone like a Mitchell Robinson, for example, and he's going to hurt your free throw percentage, he's not going to give you any points. He's going to um, give you blocks which you don't care about. Well, then you don't really consider it. But if they've got categories that work with what your team needs then don't be afraid. And you can always pivot later, like you said, uh, with a trade in, in the season. Um, yeah, if- and I think another good example of that is um, those few years ago where I, I had Chris Paul with my first pick. Um, this is back when it was a first rounder. And Chris Paul can fit every build. And and by the third round, I decided, you know what, I'm going to punt assists. <laughs> yeah. and, and and straight after the draft, I was like, you know what, it's obviously Chris Paul is pretty much his best category. Yeah. Um, and then a few weeks and I ended up trading him for a CJ McCollum package yeah. with with more. As well, and 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 I think it worked out, and then my team was locked in. So once again, sometimes if if he's falling, I think I got Chris Paul late in the first round, and he might have been projected, I don't know, mid first round or something. And if you can any get any bonus and value, and if you think you can, you know, maximize that with a trade later on, then it's still worth getting. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Let's uh, let's go on. So that, that that'll lead us into our next category in value uh, versus team building. So. I think this is something that is not easy. It's not easy to sort of um, capsulate in a in a you know black and white kind of scenario. But when you see like a player, let's let's go with Mitchell Robinson for example. Um, there was a few years ago. I remember he was ranked like twenty fifth or something like that, and um, and <laughs> and he slid in our draft a long, long way. Uh, he ended up being like pick eighty or eighty five, and and I know at the time I was. I think I was punting field goal percentage and blocks or something like that. And I was so tempted to draft him because I thought, this guy, look, I could draft him now, trade him later because I'm seeing some serious value. I'm seeing like 60 ranks of value here. Um, But I held off because he didn't fit my value. And obviously the fact that everyone else was letting him slide, people other than that didn't really seem to think he was going to be that good either. And lucky I did because he ended up being shit that year and um, fouls were an issue and all that sort of stuff. But... Um, what are your thoughts in terms of like value? You see someone who you think is going to be really good, but they don't really fit your build like, like that sort of scenario that I lead out there. 
I think it can be better when you have more like proven players. Like when you had that example there with Mitchie Robinson, he he always showed some little spurts and signs. Um, if, you, if there's a reliable player that you know this guy will have minutes, he will. He's yeah. been doing it for years. For some reason, he's sliding. Grab him, and then you know what he's going to produce, and you can potentially have a pretty good trade package later on. Yeah, I, I am always careful with that. I think I think I I tend to lean more on the team building side. If you, if you focus on your categories and what you're trying to get, and you need points, assists, threes, steals, free throw percentage. And there are guys out there that are, that are falling. Anything of value? I, I still lean to... I, I would want to have exceptional value before I draft a player like that. It would have to be a huge slide for me to, to sacrifice my build. Um, not sacrifice my build, but go outside of what I'm really looking for to draft that player just because I think that you know I could maybe flip him later. Um, it would have to be pretty good value. So for the most part, I would recommend sticking true to what your team is built around and, and follow through with that. Um, last thing before we um, get and wrap this one up and um, keeping in mind, we're going to go into each different category and every single punt build, go through uh, in detail how to build the best punt build for each category. Um, but before we do that, just to finish up this podcast, how do you decide what category you're punting, Cal? Are you someone who goes in there planning on what, they're going to do or do you wait until the player falls to you in the first or second round and build it up off those sort of things i always um because with our drafts we we tend to know 24 hours beforehand what our pick number is yeah so so for that reason i know essentially probably the three or four most likely players will end up in my team for my first rounder and i will try and base it around my first round pick because you need to make sure your first rounder can fit your build. That's like first and foremost. Um, Sometimes you have a first rounder where it doesn't matter if you get someone like, I know, like a Kevin Durant, um, you can pretty much fit any build really. Um, But I'll try and obviously build it around my first pick and, but I won't lock anything in until the third or the fourth. That's when I know my team is getting some direction in in some kind of um, punting format. And that's when I kind of lock it in. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I always build it off my first pick. Um, I, I'm very comfortable going straight into a heavy punt for off off the bat, depending on the player that I draft first. So if I know I've got Giannis as my first pick, bang, I'm punting threes and free throws. It's easy. Yeah. It's his weakest category. It's e- easy on the three throw players. Yeah, easy it's e- easy with those guys. <laughs> and sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's not. So sometimes like a Nikola Jokic, you're not really sure. So you're going to wait and see who comes back to you. Maybe um, there's a good blocks player who's still there that you want to draft and you can... You can save those blocks. Maybe there's a good steals play and you can save those steals. Uh, maybe there's no threes left on the board. So you draft the Jimmy Butler to go with a Jokic and then you've got a, a good punt uh, threes team, but still good free throw percentage. You're a bit unique that way. Um, so yeah, I would recommend waiting to see what you have. Um, and like you said, on our draft, we sort of, yeah, 24 hours notice and we're sort of madly sort of projecting who's going to be available at our pick and, and sort of trying to plan, okay, if this player's here, this player's here, then I'm going to get this guy in the second round. Um, so I would try to do that as best as possible. Try not to plan too far ahead because the draft can go all different ways and you don't want to sort of get hung up on, on X amount of players. But the first two or three rounds, you can usually have a good idea um, who's going to be available and... Uh, some options you can choose uh, with that punt build. So there's no point going into a draft and going, I'm punting free throws, and then Giannis gets taken, and you're going, oh, shit, okay, let's draft uh, Rudy Gobert in the first round because he's you know the fifth-ranked player when you turn punt free throws on because then you've lost all this value and you could have got a much better player with a different build. So that would definitely be my advice. Yeah, well, we'll go back to the, the Jokic because I got him last um, year, and I, I knew he was probably going to fall to me. And he's a good example where... I was open-minded on, I was 
probably going to either punt points um, or blocks or um, threes. That, 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 that was my mind was set yeah. in one of those things. And I knew like by the third or fourth round after my first few players, I was like, okay, sweet. Well, I have no blocks at all, like scrap it, whatever. Yeah. And then if I want to do a soft punt on something else later, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, a big, it's a big advantage to have when you have a player like that, like a player like Jokic, a player like Kevin Durant is a good example. Even um, someone like Steph Curry is, is a good example, who's someone who gets high field goal percentage for a point guard. Yes, he lacks in blocks, but if you get a good blocks player on the way back, you know, you, you can salvage that. Um, Cool. All right. Well, that will that will do it for today. We're just going to nice, short and sweet one. Um, check out um, in a few days, we're going to be dropping our in-depth punt guide. We're going to be going over all the categories, starting with the percentages, field goal percentage and free throw percentage um, to get you ready for the drafts. Yahoo has just opened today. So uh, we, we're going to be getting into some mock drafts soon. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Let your mates know. And until then, we'll see you next time. Laters. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.